Welcome to the TBF Podcast. It's a Browns fans podcast. I don't know about you, but this Browns fan is ready to talk some football. How about you, Jeff? I'm ready to talk. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I have never felt as good as I feel right now with a team that lost. Oh, yeah. I, I feel good about them. So, Just, I would have liked the win. That, that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have kind of liked the win. That would have been cool. But that's okay. We saw can figure this out. Things, though. I saw a lot of good things. A whole lot of good things. Well, there you go. All right. Well, what we're going to do is talk about this team. What do you think? Oh, yes. You know, oh, yes. I'm going to say this right out front because, I mean, man, I don't know who's listening now that might have been listening the last time we did a podcast. And what year was Mayfield drafted? Um, 18? What 18? was that? I think that was 18, yeah. Yeah. So, in the 2018, right right before the draft, I I pretty much said out my mouth that if they draft Baker Mayfield, screw it, I ain't doing no more podcasts. And 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 truth is, the reason we stopped podcasting and, and TBF and this Browns fans podcast went away kind of, sort of, <laughs> had nothing really to do with that. It was other things in life. Okay. And uh, but it was convenient too because uh, I was not a proponent of drafting Baker Mayfield. I want to say this four years later, um, three years later, what is it? Three and a half years, something, three years, eight months, something like that. Baker Mayfield is, uh, I think he's a real quarterback guy. You know, I think he's oh, yeah. the truth. I think he's the truth. I, you know. And what's your what's your opinion on Mayfield right now? Oh well, look, um, I think he played a stupid awesome game. He only had seven incompletions. Okay, he had an interception at the end where he tried to force something to happen. Okay, well, I don't even think he did that. I think he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, and what happened is is they caught his leg, and that in the process of falling, he was already letting go of the ball. And that just went awry on him. I really don't think he was trying to get that to a receiver. I think he was trying to throw that ball out of bounds. Well, I think, you know, you you might be right on that. Now, well, that's did. what that's what he said. That's what Romo, okay. in looking at the replay, said, and it's what Stefanski said. So, I just kind of believe him. Although, on on another tip where people are saying what happened, I looked at the film. And I'm not saying Ronnie intentionally stepped on the guy. Yeah. But I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying if you look at that film in slow motion and look at what happened on that sideline, depending on what team you're rooting for and what kind of outcome, I believe that that was one of those kind of calls where I I, I still think that the coach on the sideline pushing him uh, was probably out of line doing it. And I definitely think our guy got the appropriate um, response from an official in an NFL game, if you're going to 
push a coach on the opposing sideline, you're going to get ejected from the game, okay? Right. I don't think anybody well. should be shocked. And I think, you know, I think they're calling for, um, you know, some punishment for that coach. And they may get it. They may get it. J.C. Treader, you know, our uh, one of our offensive linemen is the uh, – J.C. Treader is the center. He is also the president of the NFLPA. Okay. okay. So uh, you got representation there. And uh, Well, speaking of it, do you want to get right into talking about the game or you got any observations before we get in there? Um, like, for instance, uh, just – as a Browns fan coming into this season, what's it feel like to you? Oh, well, I, I will say this. Um, interesting stat because um, somebody mentioned something to me and it had me got me on looking this up and um, um, oh. getting interested in it. So Mayfield only had seven incompletions, right? Right. He had the one interception, which like we're sitting here talking about it. He's trying to throw it out of what arguably – might not have even happened, right? Um, so he was really efficient, okay? And somebody mentioned to me, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and um, um, I can't remember who the other quarterback was in there. Uh, okay. But them, those three, three of the quarterbacks together, I can't remember who the other quarterback was, what the stat was, but they threw combined for like eight interceptions. That's half the all the all the interceptions in the league Sunday. OK, OK. Or, yeah, Sunday. There was another interception Monday, but that, you know, that makes it a little less than half. But that in totality, there were 17 interceptions thrown. Year before week one, there were 20 interceptions thrown. Year before that, week one, 22 interceptions were thrown. Okay. We were probably this season is going to be big on efficiency. These offenses mm-hmm. are really good. Okay. And they're really efficient. You know what I mean? Okay. If you look around the league this year, it was like the offense was really good. It was a good opening weekend. Right. So my observation is I see our offense. It is playing very efficient. We had a string of bad. I mean, we had the fumble and then we had the punt thing happen. And then we had Mm -hmm. the mishap interception. We really got hurt by turnovers are going to be big hurts this year. You know what I mean? If the league keeps playing at this type of pace that they played Mm -hmm. in week one, you know what I mean? Because efficiency is going to be big. And we're seeing our team is definitely able to hold on to the ball Mm -hmm. because the fumble thing can be fixed. I'm confident in Chubb. That that can obviously he's not going to fumble. Yeah, every game. honest okay. to goodness, honest to goodness. Let me just interject something there on that. <laughs> a running back's going to fumble every once in a while. That's just going to happen. Right. Um, and if you look at how Chubb fumbled, it's um, it's what teams are training on now. They are ripping the ball as the running back. They are ripping at the ball as the running back is falling down. Now keep in mind, a human being falling down is doing things with his arms to to brace the fall and and there's 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 some stuff you can do in training to get some of that out you know where you can put more attention on protecting the ball but in the end in the end it's a difficult thing and every once in a while they're gonna get you okay right um and yes we held we held them to three points off of that turnover and that turnover probably isn't the sole reason we lost the game. If you wanted to point to any one thing, 
And I hate I hate to pile on the punter, okay? But the punter should have kicked that ball anyway. He shouldn't have just took off. Yeah. He should have actually looked in front of him and saw there was nobody there, and he could still get the kickoff. You punt that ball, you probably win that game. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that happen because you give the defense a chance. They basically they got the ball in the fifteen. It was like, okay, yeah, well, um, that's a touchdown. It's the Chiefs you're playing against. You got to assume they're going to score a touchdown there. You know, yeah, and that. <clears throat> and I and uh, I'll tell you what, um, I certainly hope we're getting good recordings here. Yeah, we are. We are. I had, I had to double check. Um, the. You know, the, the absolute truth is that we are well coached. We got great personnel. And it's almost like when the Browns were good in the 80s when you were born. When you were a little kid, you didn't get to watch most of it live. You got to see the 90s Browns on their decline. Okay, sorry about that for Coach. <laughs> I, I, I wish you could have seen Kozar in his heyday when you cared to look. You saw it with your eyes, but I don't know how you internalized it because you were like, Jeffrey, get out of the way of the TV. Stop playing with your blocks in front of the TV. I'm trying to watch the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, but on the other hand, we had John Elway then, okay? Well, right. that's, uh, that's what Patrick Mahomes feels like to me, Okay. Well, we got our guy. We got Baker. Yeah, we did. We we yeah, we, yeah. we got our guy, and now it's just what we're up against. And now I'll have to say this: um, injury to Jedrick Wills, notwithstanding, and we'll be looking into that and seeing what the status of that is. Okay. Okay. Um, but best line, best offensive line in football. Oh, they protected. Really well. That's why. That's why I'm. I'm. I started off with the thing with Baker, and it's like my observation is like we lost the game off of interception, but nobody should be down about it because if you really look at it, it's the league is like I said. If it stays on this kind of pace, Uh big time efficiency, hurting off of turnovers. You know what I mean? And we got the defense to take. We got the defense to kind of take advantage of that as well, which is good, right? Right, we gotta definitely have a defense to take advantage of that, and Baker played efficient. He might have actually, if you race the interception, and he finishes. Just, just say he finishes that game, and not even another touch, not mm-hmm. even getting a touchdown, right? Because he didn't throw a touchdown, right? Right, but say he gets a touchdown or he uh-huh. doesn't, that's probably the most efficient game of the week. It's it's probably one of the most efficient games of his career. Right. Um, and and now I really am kind of getting tired of some of the negative that Baker gets. Because, you know, like every time he makes a pass, and we've seen him do it since he was a rookie, um, a real good one where the ball placement is like exactly where it should be. You'll mm-hmm. hear the announcer say, well, I think that's the best pass I've ever seen him throw. Like he just doesn't throw good passes. Like he just something. doesn't throw. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, shut the fuck up. But anyway, let's see what Baker had to say in the post game. Okay. Okay. Because I think it's instructive. It's just all the little things that matter, and you know, they're there. Um, but like I said, when you play the Chiefs, uh, the teams of that caliber, if you don't execute, um, you're going to lose. I, mean, I know you're disappointed and frustrated because of the loss period, but you just described, I mean, you felt like watching your accuracy was pinpoint for the vast majority of the day. Is that mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it, critical moments. It, it, you have to execute critical moments. Nothing else matters before those moments. You know, it always comes down to those three, four plays that you look back on and say, wow, if we would have done this differently, it would have worked. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be hard on myself. And it's, But go back and attack this week, and you got a home game, and it's going to be a good one. I like his answers. I like the clip. It's not a lot of attitude. It's actually a lot of, you know, seasoned professional in there, isn't it? Right. How tough was it to see Jed leave again with the ankle in Kansas City? How did it help you? Yeah, um, obviously, you hate to see any of your guys go down. Uh, Jed's a guy that's continued to grow and learn and, and get better as he switched from right to left tackle. Um, he's been doing great, and, and so hopefully it's not too serious. Uh, I haven't heard any news yet, but um, yeah, we, we love Hub. Hub's been a guy that's stepped up on many occasions, um, and, and he's just a team guy, so we're lucky to have guys like that that are uh, in the moment able to step up and play at a high level. Well, there you go, Baker. I agree with you. Obviously not in the second half. And and, and it's really a tendency. Okay, so here's what I saw, and then we're going to actually look at the game book. The Browns, they played like a perfect first half of football. I mean, absolute perfection. They came out and did to the Chiefs what you want to do to the Chiefs. Okay. I think they I think they wore themselves out and that's why they had that lull in the in the third quarter. And and by the time they woke themselves back up and says, Hey, wait, this is the Chiefs, it was too late. Yeah. I mean, well if you look at it, we had only one drive where you were kinda like, Okay, I'm not sure about that play calling. You know yeah. what I mean? Like really, it was really only one drive. And you could even hear it in Baker. I don't think they're too worried about losing the game it's more how and they can it's obvious that they can they was all our mistakes that lost it now here's what i find interesting in what we have coming next week man you know what i'll save that for later so anyway so it's uh, cleveland browns at the kansas city chiefs arrowhead stadium it was what kicked off at 3 26 p.m was the official start time of the game that was Central st- Daylight Time, which is obviously 426 our time in Eastern Standard Time. Um, the starting lineups are interesting for the Browns. It was Austin Hooper at tight end, Donovan Peoples-Jones at a wide out. Left tackle, Jedrick Wills. Left guard, Joel Batonio. Center, J.C. Treader. Right guard, William Teller. Uh, right tackle, Conklin. Wide receiver on the uh, right side, uh, Jarvis Landry, quarterback Baker Mayfield. Fullback, Al Janovich and Nick Chubb, the starting running back. Now, on the other side of the ball, you know, they got a couple of guys on their defensive line that'll, that'll, that'll mess with you, okay? Right. And... they come out of nowhere. What was that guy's name? Good God, Baker. Um, the Baker. one guy they got the yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't remember his name. He's a big guy. Is it he Dana? He's in the middle. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, Wharton or Reed? Because you got their ends are Jones and Dana, and then you got Wharton and Reed. Of course, he might have come in because I know Hitchens had. Had some activity in there, but he's a linebacker. Yeah, there's one of them. that got a real good sack near the um, like. And and listen, uh, 
when when we got line, I just want to say this in the NFL book. Okay, when you list the Cleveland Browns, you got defensive end Miles Garrett, defensive tackle uh, McDowell, uh, defensive tackle Malik Jackson, defensive tackle Jadavian, defensive end Jadavian Clowney. Then it gets to the linebackers. Instead of saying LBLB, it is Will is Owosu Koromora, and Mike is Walker. Okay, that's the Will and the Mike. And then you got cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. So we start. With three cornerbacks, a strong safety and a free safety, and two two linebackers, a Will and a Mike. Right. Right. And it was Chris Jones I was thinking about. Okay. He's their he's their left defensive end. Long story short, the Browns had a very good day, um, especially in the first half. Although the running numbers individually might not reflect that. But certainly their average yards per carry would. The team totally against the Chiefs in the entire game only ran for 153 yards. And, you know, that's kind of low on the total for us when we're scoring 33 points. Okay. But both Chubb and Hunt averaged 5.5 yards a carry, certainly not hurting their career averages, right? Uh, not at all. They both had a pretty good game. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, the uh, wide receiver, he had a carry for 17 yards. So he had not the long carry of the day. Chubb had that with 18 yards, okay, for the Browns. By the way, Chubb had two TDs. Kareem Hunt had one. And, and then Baker Mayfield uh, threw for one. No, I'm sorry. No, he threw for no TDs. He threw for one interception. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and Baker Mayfield, 21 of 28 for 321 yards. No TDs and interception. I think that's, that's part of that. But interestingly enough, that gets you a 97.5 rating anyway. Right. And the other thing I wanted to point out about Baker, he was top 10 in yards thrown yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yards per attempt. Okay, he was what third yesterday with eleven point five. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Pretty good stats there. All in all, and and I kind of felt bad for Baker, much more so than I felt for the Browns in losing the game because I, again, I'll say this along with everybody else. True, there's no such thing as a moral victory in the NFL. That just goes in the loss column. You can't take it out of there. Right. Nobody at the end of the season that says, yeah, but that one was to the Chiefs, so you should give them a half for that or something. You know, um, It don't work like that. So, But, again, I didn't feel as bad for the team losing it because I know the schedule we got ahead of us. And if we, tend, if, if we take care of business, we're going to be pretty good. We'll probably be 6-1 and one by the time we get really challenged again. Okay? Right. No, that's all things being equal and if we handle it. I mean, come on. The Raiders beat the Ravens last night. And the Bengals came back and, and beat the and beat the Vikings. So let's not look, bad teams can win. And the Houston Texans just went and annihilated um who did they play? Oh, did uh, they did they play Jacksonville? I think so. They might have been who they played. Uh, I, I gotta look now because I can't remember, but 
but we got them next week. And guess who the quarterback of the Houston Texans is? Tyrod Taylor. Yep, and that is who they played. They played Jacksonville, and yes, they beat them. Yeah, they destroyed them. They Jacksonville scored. scored 21 points, though, which is um, that's surprising to me. Yeah, but Houston scored 37, and Tyrod Taylor looks like he knows what he's doing. Okay. okay. Just saying. Um, they're, it doesn't look like they're going to miss Deshaun Jackson much. They may miss some things, and, and they are not scheduled, if you will, to be a very good team. And, and, and listen, they played the Jaguars, but they dropped 37 on them. And it was, you know, it was what it was. But Tyrod Taylor has some history in Cleveland, keeping in mind that in Hugh Jackson's last year as head coach, he refused to start Baker Mayfield and instead started Tyrod Taylor, who then went down injured in week three. And the rest is history. Okay. Right. But it's that guy quarterbacking him a football team with nobody looking over his shoulder threatening to take the job. And uh, he's an athletic quarterback, and we cannot take the Houston uh, Texans lightly. No, no. no. I don't think we are. I I think after losing Uh, that game, they're going to want to win the game. Now, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, on the other hand, was 27-36 for 337 yards through three TDs and no picks for a quarterback rating of 131.4. And you just have to, you literally have to play Patrick Mahomes to a worse game than that, to a worse quarterback rating than that, if you plan on beating him. No, I, well, I agree. He did have one pass there that would have, that would have ended that drive. And he, like that running off of the back foot, then, you know, to the sideline pass he threw to that guy. Uh, Was it that, um, Hill, they got that one. Yeah. It was, that was, pass was ridiculous. Well, um, sir, I mean, listen, any guy, anytime a guy has the ability to throw a pass like that, which is totally and, and specifically not advised to do by anybody playing quarterback in the NFL. Okay. Right. I, heard, I heard some guys, I guess it was on the PFF podcast or something, and they were talking, and they were like, um, you know, but I really feel like I would pace money. I need to place a bet where, because, you know, he's going to do it. He's going to do a behind the back pass in a game one of these days. Okay. <laughs> it's going to happen. And he came real close on that trick play they did with us. It wasn't behind the back, but that was a weird little throw he did. You know, that little sidearm thing. Yeah. Yeah. On the rollout that they did, yeah. So it's like I said, yeah, it's going to happen, dude. It's going to happen, and somebody is going to be poster child on that. Um, receiving was really interesting. You had uh, Landry. Jarvis Landry was targeted five times, and he caught all five of them for and, 71 and, yards. Yeah, yeah. Along of 32. And, and, yeah, in the running game, he was good. I mean, it's just Landry is the dude. Okay. Yeah, Landry was really good. He played really good. Played now, really Donovan Peoples Jones only targeted once for four yards, uh, although I expect Donovan Peoples Jones to be an emerging star this year. Okay. Right. Um, I, I'm of the opinion. Tell me what you think. I think we see Odell Beckham Jr. this coming Sunday. 
Yeah, I think he'll be back in there. If if not this coming Sunday, it's definitely the third game. I don't think he'll go longer than that. But I, I honestly, I honestly think that there was. Think about this, and, and and I'm not saying that's why they did this. I'm thinking that what they told us was that Odell didn't figure he could take 60 snaps, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of his standard. If you're gonna play, I need you to play. Okay. Right. And if we got if we got some kind of a snap count on you, let's not have a snap count on you. Let's get you in there when you can go full. Right. Okay. Then there's nothing wrong with that because right. if you, if you, there's a limit, then that means there's obviously yeah. something still. Exactly. So. so while and I totally agree with that in philosophy, but I also think of it like this: the odds of going into Kansas City. On opening day, a September game where Kansas City is like virtually undefeated in the last five years, okay? Right. And certainly since Mahomes has been the quarter, Mahomes has been the quarterback. Um, it, it, you don't necessarily count that game as a win as you're looking ahead on your schedule. You play to win every game, but I think the wrinkle of having Odell when you see them again, and if you're going where you intend to go, you're going to see them again. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. We're going to. We're going to see them again. We'll yeah. See them again. And I just. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. We'll see them again. And I'd rather have them game know. planning for something they haven't actually seen. Okay. You know, look, game planning, planning to the film. That's all good. But film is film, and the real world's the real world. Okay. And Odell is a phenomenal athlete. And he can, man, he can make space. Well, well, hey, look, the way Schwartz, and I know Schwartz won't be out there all the time when we get Odell back. Right. We'll have people's Jones out there sometimes too. But Schwartz, now he did drop that one pass. Now, very high difficult. Uh-huh. And the, you know, I mean, he's in the air. Well, like, but no, honestly, and Baker even said it himself. Baker should have thrown that toward the sideline, not on the inside. Ball placement was bad on that. It wasn't Schwartz's fault. Okay. The ball wasn't where it was supposed to be. Had that ball been toward the sideline side of him, that would have been no problem, and he'd have caught it in flow. Might have been able to actually get some yak on it. Yeah. But other than that, he played real good, too, and he's fast. He is fast. Yes, he is. So, what did so you think got- of What did you think of our fast cornerback? The Ward? rookie, the rookie, no, Newsom. Oh, Newsom. Okay. Um, we, I didn't see him like he didn't um, like he didn't show up in any highlights really. You no, know but I mean? like but doing bad, bad, bad or good, bad or good, and and, and at this true. stage in his career, not showing up doing something bad, and understanding that there were plenty of times where Mahomes. You know, had to do something like throw it away or wasn't able to complete because everybody was covered. Or or tucked it and ran it because everybody mm-hmm. was covered and then got a touchdown and he got there. And our right. corners did. Okay. Our <laughs> secondary did real good. Our secondary did really good with hands-on passes. Like, they batted stuff away. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think that the numbers probably don't reflect how good they're actually going to be, but I think they're going to be not only good to watch the secondary, 
Um, and by the way, Joe Johnson, the third, okay? Oh, he got burnt on that touchdown, dude. And 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 I know he's a prideful player, and he's new to the Browns, and it's kind of hate. You kind of hate meeting him like that. Oh, that's the dude that was covering Tyreek Hill and got like, gosh, I don't even know what to say because nobody. Yeah. He he was in the right place to cover him, and nobody would have. Yeah, yeah. Only Mahomes makes that throw. That's all I can tell you. Okay. Yeah. I, I listen, and I think Baker's arm is a lot better than anybody gives him credit for. Yeah, but I don't think Baker can make that throw either. <laughs> yeah, that that like I said, he Mahomes made a couple passes that were like, okay, yeah, it's un, was, it's unreal what he can do, and 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 the beautiful thing about what <laughs> Mahomes can do is, is that's what the Ravens wish Lamar Jackson could do. Because think about Lamar's running ability. Because Mahomes, as big and as athletic as he is, does not have the kind of running ability that Lamar has. Okay? No. And to Lamar's credit, Lamar has a good arm, too. Mahomes has a very good blend. He has a strong arm, and it's very accurate. While well, I'll also say yeah, Baker does, too. Okay. But Mahomes is also a really tall guy. He's got he got, has everything. He's got a real good mix right. of everything, right? Right. Now. And and it, Mahomes is so good. You ask yourself that why in the hell in 2018, not 2018, what year? 2017, right? Yeah. In 2017, didn't we draft Mahomes? Well, I know why. And his name's Miles Garrett. Okay. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. And and I was really my heart was warmed to see Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett meet at Patrick Mahomes. Right. Okay, that oh, was by, good. By the way, by the way, they were all over Miles. I, I remember one play I'm watching, mm-hmm. like we didn't get the penetration from one side. Yeah. But like Miles was coming around, and I think the running back he he had one guy on his right, and one guy the other. You know, the tackle was spread out to his left. And yes. he's about to get by him, and the running back comes in and, you know, <laughs> and I, hits him. I just it's like, think, oh, well, shit. I just think that once this defensive line gels, okay, that they're going to be close to unstoppable because the stunt work isn't as tight as it could be right now, okay? And honestly, honestly, with tighter stunt work, I mean, because I saw plenty of times where either Miles or Jadavion or both of them were a step away. Okay. Right. And and step away means that the quarterback is still getting harassed. He's still getting knocked down. Okay. And and all those knockdowns add up. And I think it came together. I mean, they made the play they were supposed to make when they were supposed to make it. I can't I can't say, you know, I can't take anything away from that just because the drive, the ensuing drive didn't go anywhere and we ended the game on that fucked up Baker trying to throw it out and getting tripped up bullshit, right? Right. But I am just totally freaking encouraged. Now, I'm sorry, I've been a Browns fan for a long time, so I have to confess, guys, that it's not that I don't believe that these Browns are as good as they are. And in my heart and what I know about football, I know they are. 
it's kind of hard for me to believe. And I still am kind of from Missouri on this whole issue because I feel like I've been here before with expectations, with good teams. Now I'm, And you have to go back to the 80s when any way you felt good about your Browns was also justified with actual reality of what was on the field. Unless, of course, you count the Belichick Browns of the mid-90s who were set to probably go to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, they moved to Baltimore and that all fell apart, you know. I, 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 how about you? Do you feel like it's like, does this feel like when LeBron and the Cavs were chasing the title or does this feel like, you know, I don't, I, well, what I'm going to say to that is I don't know yet what I want to see from the Browns. And this is honestly, and because I said this too, um, before, uh, this week came up, it was like, I'd love to win the game. But if they lose, you know what I mean? It's got to be close. They accomplish that. And what you also get to see is their recovery. Right. Okay. The right. Browns have to recover. We get to see it right away. You got week one loss, KC, possibly one of the best teams in the league this year. Uh-huh. We got to recover. They, they right. have to come. Now to you got the, game. yeah, you got and the Houston Texans coming to town. You're hosting them. You are supposed to handle business. You should handle this team. I'm not saying it has to be a blowout, but it should be a decisive win. Right. They have to go out and win the game, basically. Now, if they play like they did, honestly, they play like they did against the Chiefs, they're going to win the game. I, I really have no doubt about that. Okay? Oh, yeah. But we have to see them do it. Here's your consistency right here. And it's on for a while. And, okay? and let me tell you something. So, now, let me tell you something. A schedule that looked easy up front. I just want to point out a couple wrinkles in it. Um and, and this is this is a very interesting one too. I'm 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 pulling my iPad out here so I don't have to do yet another thing on on my computer here. So let's see Brown Google, and we're gonna just go Brown's schedule. Brown's schedule. Look at that. It automatically filled it in. Okay, so you got we got the Texans. We host the Texans. Then we host the Bears. I think you can count those wins. Okay. I think you can travel to the Minnesota Vikings, and you can probably count that win. Chargers, probably a lot better than anybody's given credit for, and I don't think you just count that win because you're going to San Diego. going to be a tough game. Well, let me tell you a game, a home game, that we might have otherwise just counted as a win before the season started, but if they come out and continue to perform the way they performed this past Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals ain't going to be no easy. Out. I was about to say, and get yeah. they have five sacks from one guy. So you already mm-hmm. got a guy with five yeah, sacks. Yeah, Ch- Chandler Jones, right? Yeah. yeah. He had Now, he didn't play much last year, but he had 19 the year before. Yeah. Okay? So, no joke. So they got a defensive line, okay? And they basically just, they won that game. Their defense, like, was good. So, like you said, that's a game we'll go into. Well, here, here's another team that I don't think you can take lightly. You're, you got them at home, and that's good. But the Broncos, quarterbacked by right. Teddy Bridgewater, with a fantastic defense. Okay? And then the Steelers. Then the Bengals. You know, all of a sudden, just based on week one results, right? Right. 
our schedule after the Chiefs and before the Ravens don't look as easy as right. it was. If if you really look at it, okay, mm-hmm. we actually got a little bit of help with, I mean, what? Green Bay isn't quite what we thought, right? Right. Um, oh, wait. Is that an anomaly? I cannot believe Green well, Bay's we're going just performance. Off of yeah, yeah, because Green Bay's performance says pretty much that Green Bay sucks. Okay. Right. Green Bay. This is just going off yeah. of week one. We're okay. imagining that week one is makes is your we, we've set the standards. Okay. Okay. If we're doing that, our schedule does indeed look a lot harder. It is. It turns from what it was to like. It mm-hmm. it does indeed look a lot harder. Um, but what I will say to that, some of those teams that we because even the Vikings, okay. Mm-hmm. Close game with the Bengals. So if we're assuming the Bengals are good, we got to assume the Vikings aren't a complete slouch. You know what I mean? Well, so, and, and listen, let's let's just say this: Kevin Stefanski, former OC of the Vikings, would say, "No, they're no slouch. They got the same quarterback they had when they that they still got Dalvin Cook. They still got all the weapons that they had." Okay, Mike Zimmer's still the coach. Kirk Cousins, yeah, take him or leave him, but he is what he is, and he's been semi-consistent in Minnesota. Right. And, you know, matter of fact, Kirk Cousins, and, of course, Case Keenum as his backup, uh, proves to me that a, a quarterback with exceptional talent can succeed even more in this offense. Because right. a quarterback with average talent can see success in 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 the zone block scheme, and and of course we we run a we want a very wild ass variation of that because you know we do a lot of set football because of Chubb and Hunt and the play action game. So you're not you know you ain't got a lot of pulling lines when you're when you're you know faking off the handoff. You know? Right. Well and. More to the point of the schedule, okay? Now, if we go off of the whole thing of week one setting it, right? Mm -hmm. Bengals are just as much a question as we are. I'm sitting here. You're asking me that I think the Browns are for real, like the Cavs run. I'm like, give me week two, and then I I can tell you. Well, the Bengals, they won a game. We actually Mm -hmm. don't even know how good the Vikings are technically. You know what I mean? Um, Like, they could be the Vikings from what we're looking at and the Bengals, they could Mm -hmm. be pretty well, good or well right the reason or, i raised the point i think if you go back and you look at the 2016 schedule and i i don't know i could be wrong but i i, I almost remember it that the Cavs opened up with somebody like the warriors okay that's game one. i probably probably and and they did not win and okay. that's probably right as well. and then they played them again on christmas and they did not win Okay, and and I mean you know so there were there were key matchups and national TV spots where there there were the Cavs, and and you knew they were supposed to win and and they did not win, you know. Right. And they did some other amazing shit, but you know this, this is going to be a long season. It's seventeen games, um, and there's it clearly you're always in danger of losing a game you're not supposed to lose. Okay. Right. Um, I just don't want to see these Browns, this team here, get complacent in any way 
And I think this week one loss helps that dude. And I, I just don't see harm in this loss. See, I'm not down about this loss. Yeah, I wish we'd have won, would have won the game. I'm not happy yeah. that we lost well, to the Chiefs. I think it happened. The loss happened the way that everybody knew it had to happen for it not to be daunting. They needed to be a close ass game. And not only was it a close game, because this wasn't a game where like, oh, man, we almost got him. We led like most of the game. Oh, yeah. We lost off of our mistakes. So you look back at it. It's even more. This isn't even like how I imagine like, oh, the Browns would be close, but they won't quite be able to do it. No, they're looking at it and you're like, well, how did we lose all of our mistakes? Right, exactly. Even despite the how good we could have made it, we want to be able to make Mahomes play worse, right? But if you erase all of our, erase the fumble, you erase the bad punt, and you erase erase the interception, right? All things that we can try to fix, they're under our control to try, try to fix at least. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they aren't able to catch up regardless of how good Mahomes. Oh is no, playing. because if listen, if Baker just throws that <laughs> ball away. If if the Scottish hammer just punts the ball, okay, you know, if Nick Chubb doesn't fumble, I don't know. I mean, I just don't think that costs the game. And I know that Nick is going to be harder on himself than any fan or any other player or any coach would be. So right. I think that I think that problem fixes itself. I mean, what I will say to this is that even. Um, Mayfield's interception doesn't guarantee we would have won and got a successful score. You know what I mean? But the way our offense was playing up to that point, if he gets that out of bounds, there's no, there's nothing saying that we can't get the first down and keep the chains moving. You know what I mean? So, like, you you can't accurately predict that we, we wouldn't have yeah. won that game. Anyway. Now, you know, this- but I, what I can say is even – even if you give the fumble, if we get that punt, okay, and we're able to play actual defense on that drive, yeah. more time comes off of the clock, and we're able to get an actual possession out, out of that, out of yeah. the next, you know what I mean? That could be a totally – we could I'm end just, up stopping. Honestly, it just a field goal. honestly, honestly, you punt that ball, you win that game. I, I think so, too. I think it because we, we, off, we still had Because we still had the lead at that time, Okay. Before right. before the punt. Now, of course, that you know the go ahead score happened off of that punt. So, you know, I I just I just believe that these are things. Now, do you fire the punter? No, no, yeah. I don't. No, but dude, he's on the hot seat. You oh yeah, not, he's on. You can't you, make mistakes you, like you, that. Yeah, bet not fuck up again. But the dude, he's got he's got a leg. You know, he can, he can put the ball where you want it. He's gonna come in handy. And I don't want to cut ties with him right now. You know, <laughs> but um, I want to say a, a couple things. One, a couple things about the podcast, and and a couple things about the Browns in general before we get out of here. Now, this podcast here that you're listening to, TBF, a Browns fans podcast, is clearly um, generationally or genealogically related to this Browns fans podcast. So much so that if you want to read anything related to this podcast, find links to, you know, the different places the podcast is going to be. You're going to be able to do it on thisbrownsfan.com. But uh, we decided to call it TBF, a Browns fans podcast, because we wanted to differentiate it from the original. I notice I know that a lot of you are going to um, notice Alva's absence now. Alva's still, still... Still here on planet Earth. He's back in Ohio now. He's not here in Georgia with me. 
Um, but uh, we may try to get him involved in a conversation or two if he's willing. Um, but uh, life is life, and it happens, and it certainly happened to Alvis. It's happened to all of us. And, and he is still a Browns fan, and I'm sure still rooting for him, but just unable right now to participate, right? Not a big deal, though. Correct. But in the meantime, what has happened with the Browns is I, I, I want to talk about Andrew Barry for a second, Jeff. I, I've watched this uh, this young general manager in the two years he's been with us do amazing things and add credibility to the front office half of this equation. And it's it's notable to know that Andrew Barry was with us when Ray Farmer was here. Okay. Right? Yes. Yep. And he left the team to go to the Eagles and uh, was with the Eagles as they built and uh, went to the Super Bowl as they built that team and went to the Super Bowl. And uh, and he learned some things. I'm not saying he didn't know these things already, but he, he honed his craft. He was kind of like LeBron James taking his skills to South Beach and then coming back and taking what he learned and, and bringing a championship to town. Okay? So, right. Uh, I hope I hope he's as good a general manager as LeBron James is a basketball player. How about that? I, I will take that. All indications so far are point to yes. Right? Right. So I ain't mad about it. I just, I mean, I, I can't, I can't say how proud I am of what they've put together in Cleveland in terms of this, this, this football team right now. And it's got me looking over my shoulder, man. It's got me looking for the shoe to drop because I've been a Browns fan too long. Okay. And I can't believe this is happening. Can you believe this is happening? Like this, I said, I want week two. Oh, you want week two? Okay. I want okay. Week two. Well, we we'll probably we're going to probably be asking ourselves this question every week, ain't we, Jeff? And oh, when, that, let's see. That is quite possible. Look, I even did that. Honestly, we're talking about the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially after the first year. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we played Golden State and we had the injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. We get into the second year. And they're going through, I mean, we got Ty Lue comes in, right? I'm like, huh? Well, I'm okay. It was the same way with the Cavs, you know but, what I mean? But like, based, okay, based, on, based, on, based on the way it happened, remember, you go all the way to game seven, haven't been down, you know, three to one, right? Right. And so you go all the way to game seven and win in one of the lowest scoring fucking game sevens I've ever fucking seen, right? You know, how how long were they stuck tied at 89, right? And <laughs> right. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is that, so if the Browns are going to win a Super Bowl, right, they're going to literally have moments that are going to look as gloomy and bad as the moments right before we lost in the drive and the fumble and the blowout, okay? Right. 
Except you're the team and, that pulls it out. And we're exactly, used to the team exactly. And we're used to being the team that doesn't. So right, right now, <clears throat> right now, we still have no evidence that they can do that. Because guess what just happened on Sunday? Okay. Right. Now, what I will say to it is this, though. The thing that I am feeling that's similar, but I'm still saying, give me week two and I can make a decision. Because I want to see how they react to the uh-huh. loss. I got you. But the the thing that is sort of the same is when Ty Lue and stuff came in, people kept saying the in-game decisions are so much better. The coaching's better. Uh-huh. Yes. A lot of people don't realize in those finals, okay, okay, a lot of people complain Steph Curry. Like there was a game they were complaining Steph Curry's getting – he's getting all the fouls. Steph Curry gets ejected, okay? Uh-huh. And there was a lot of complaining. If you go back and you actually look, the game planning and the adjustments the Cavs – coaching staff made in that series is ridiculously good the the reason Steph was called for so many fouls is because they kept they kept moving the ball and making a switch the way mm-hmm. Golden State plays defense they'd switch right and right. as soon as they as soon as Steph ended up on Kyrie or LeBron they threw the ball to them and had them work so he's getting called for fouls the refs were literally forced to to have to call fouls on Steph because he was on the ball like 90% of the time in like the first part of the game. There you they go. made them call fouls. Even if you were going to sit there and like, oh, we want to keep the superstars in the game and not call as fouls. Long as you they know the key, never call them. As long as you know the key to their switching scheme, you can kind of dictate the switch. Right. Well, even more than that, doing that made it to where they could literally do that without basically not calling fouls for the Cavs at all because he's on the ball all the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't play basketball that way. The basketball doesn't work that way. So, like, the complaints are like, oh, well, Steph – well, Golden State had to try to make it to where Steph wasn't switched on Kyrie or LeBron all the time. They, LeBron and Kyrie just had a feast, yeah. you know? So, the, if you look at the game, like, the the adjustments in the game – and Ty Lue's doing that now. What did Ty Lue just get celebrated for in the playoffs here? His in-game adjustments, right? Yeah. Okay, he's true. still doing that. He's still doing that. He's a, he's a good coach. He's makes great in-game adjustments. So well, looking ha- at that, we have a good coaching staff. Guys. I have to say that I am at this stage very impressed with Kevin Stefanski. And I'll give you, he's in, you know, going into the second game of his second season. So I'm not going to try to tell you that he is the start of a dynasty. Um, but I I can say this. I said signs point two that it could be because you could see, you know, a guy with the talent of Andrew Barry in terms of selecting talent along with the analytical help of Paul DePodesta and then a coach like Kevin Stefanski who knows what he wants and then has that input where he can influence the decisions and selections, right? Mm-hmm. But all on the same page working as a team together. I just think that these guys are serious about wanting to win championships. I think they have honed their skills to where they can now bring those skills to bear on the problem. And I just think he, I think Jimmy Haslam finally decided I don't know shit about football, but I got a bunch of money and I can hire some guys that do. Okay. <laughs> well, well okay. uh, yeah, definitely. And how I look at it is this. We got the coaching staff. And if you mm-hmm. want it, if you think it's going to be like that magic the Cavs had, okay, mm-hmm. all you need is the players to play. When the players go come into hiccups, the coaching mm-hmm. staff is going to make good decisions. 
key for the Browns here. We're talking about efficiency. We had some mistakes, but there was only one, really one drive in that game where I was like, well, the play calling just, I don't know what we were doing there. You know what I mean? And it was not our last drive. It was the drive before that. Okay. 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 And that was the only drive where I was like, okay, we could have did better on play calling a little bit. We just, we didn't get anything out of those plays. You know what I mean? And that was it. That was the only time. Uh, other than that, our offense, it was like, even if we got stopped, it was like, hmm, what bad plays. It was, you know what I mean? It was a pleasure to watch them play this game. Now, Jeff, we're not going to stay on much longer this time out, and we're going to do better planning and probably better preparing for next week because, you know, we're going to have to listen to this just like any of the people that listen to this, and we're going to say, you know, I could have been better. And yeah. just, like the, <laughs> just like the Browns, so we're gonna hone our skills, but we're gonna get out of here because, of course, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put this thing out. And it's how many years has it been? Yeah, if you think about it, this Browns fans podcast started way back in oh six oh seven, okay? And you know, back in the early days of the iPhone and the iPod Touch and the, the whole concept of podcasts. And uh, for 13 straight years, we did this with the just the sorriest team to talk about. I mean, some of the names and some of the players and, and, and uh, you know. I know. Come on. I know. We were, we were dealing with first-round draft picks like Barkevius Mingo. Who, well, look, I uh, remember my historic thing that I wanted to be better on the Browns forever. And I was even so up. It was so much so I was upset when we traded Joe Hayden. Is mm. cornerbacks? Oh yeah, secondary. And I'm looking at the team now. I'm like, oh, it's like heaven. Oh um, yeah, so, you know, you have you not only do you have everywhere. Not only are you covered at all spots on the secondary, but in a Wusakoramora, you got a linebacker who pretty much is a a third safety on the field. Right. I want to mention one more thing though okay. about the team. Okay. There is. I meant to say this. All the right. Only issue I find. I don't know if this is a glaring issue because Hill is so fast. Okay, mm-hmm. but his speed in the middle of the field is what we couldn't stop. Okay, well, I'll be damned, and it it, it, it just I I can't tell you. Is there any milestones you're looking? I don't care whether it's a number of sacks, it's a a number of uh, carries for a running back, or anything that you think. Like for instance, if you if 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 we look at the carries, right? And I'm not. You don't want to manage it like this, but remember, when you have a legitimate running game, and you got a workhorse, you got a bell cow back like Nick Chubb, right? Right. The rule of thumb, the NFL rule of thumb is, you hand that, you give him that ball twenty times or more, and I you're going to win. Say the same thing. Well, Nick Chubb only got the ball fifteen times. Kareem Hunt only got the ball six times. And I, now, how I look at that is this. Mm-hmm. That punt doesn't happen, okay? We get the ball back. Say, let's just do this scenario. Punt happens. We actually get the punt off, right? Mm-hmm. We we hold them to a field goal or we stop them even, right? Take that scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Chubb ends up with like 20 carries because we're going to run the ball. Well, okay, but I don't know why we didn't – okay, I mean, I understand why we didn't, for the first seven minutes of the half, do anything because we weren't stopping the Chiefs, okay? They marched down the field and scored. I get that. But after that, I mean, 
Yeah, there just weren't many possessions in the second half, were there? <laughs> They're just. I mean, yeah. I'm no, thinking through it, and I'm like, mistakes. I'm I'm thinking through it, and I'm like, wow. Well, yeah, but what what are you gonna do? Because, I mean, there it was. If you if we look at that second half of football, it's like if we go to the third quarter, right? You Kansas City at 15 minutes, Cleveland doesn't get the ball until 7:33 elapsed. Okay. Right. KC, Sam 33. Okay. And then, boom, Chubb fumbles. Okay. Third play in. Okay. Kansas City keeps the ball for another five minutes and 24. Right. Cleveland right. gets, Cleveland gets the ball again. End of quarter. Chubb, 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 Chubb. Well, we get a touchdown. Okay. Kareem Hunt. You know, so it's not like we weren't doing things, but yeah, there were. Okay. So here's the thing if the Browns are going to play the Chiefs the way they play them, and clearly you want to jump out on them early, you want to keep the ball, you want to have long drives, right? right? Well, you're cutting down your own possessions too. So I, I, I'm with you. You get the mistakes out, you beat the Chiefs. Right. That's what I'm saying. How many interceptions did the Chiefs have? How many fumbles None. did the Chiefs have? None. Okay. So if you're if you're looking at this game the way we should right now is we played so freaking good we should have won the game, but we had turnovers. What you do and what you get out of this is we can one make Mahomes work a little harder because mm-hmm. he still had a good game. Okay. But even despite his good game, if we don't turn the ball over, we probably win that game. Yeah. We can fix that. Yeah, no way you other way you can look at it. We can fix it. Even from the running back standpoint, running back fumbling the ball, we can look at that play and say, okay, what about this? Okay, let's not put him in that situation. Yeah, okay. Let's try not to put him in that let's, situation. Because let's do the let's, comparison. Let's do the comparison. And I think I think this is where if you really want to know the formula or the recipe for getting over this hump on the Chiefs, here's what you got to clean up if you're the Browns, Okay. One, you don't have to clean up your ability to make first downs because you beat them out there. You were 24 to 21, okay? But I'll tell you what, third down efficiency is atrocious. They were two for seven. Mm-hmm. While on the other side, we allowed nine for 13. They were 69.2% on third down conversion, and you, you have to tend to that number. Fourth down efficiency, we were great, three for four. On the other hand, the Chiefs never did go for it on fourth down. They didn't need to. They didn't need to. Now, what I will say to that is back to what I just said. Third down is going to be hard if you got the other team with a really fast guy running the middle of the field and we can't now, if, cover. If, like, if you look at some other stats, though, we probably should have won the game. Red zone efficiency, we're four for four. Mm-hmm. They were only three for five. Yep. Goal to go. Two for two. Now, they were one for one, but again, holding them to one goal-to-go situation in a game is pretty good if you're playing the Chiefs. And, and, And time of possession. Well, we lost that. All of that time that we, and you know how skewed the first half had to be time of possession for us, right? Right. At the end of the day, 
27-13 to 32-47. And listen, if you lose the time of possession game and the turnover battle, you're, you're probably gonna you're lose. gonna lose ninety five percent of those games. The 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 game where you don't win both of those categories that you do win is an outlier. It's a statistical anomaly. Right. We don't need to like. It, it's not hard to think. Um, process in football. Like you make those turnovers, the other team gets the ball. They have more time on the field. It's a turnover is such a negative to a football team. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we kill the turnovers, we win that game. God okay? bless us. We, we were so good in that game, okay? And despite the fact that KC played so good, we should be proud of it because I honestly still feel we don't have the punt. You can give them the fumble. If the punt doesn't happen, we win the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, punters need to punt balls. That's all I'm saying. And I've seen plenty of punters drop a ball but again and again it's just this is kind of shaking the rest of the dust off guys here's a punter who's been with us for the past what four years he's been with us now three or four seasons all right and he's been there and he knows that if you screw up in the backfield on a punt with the cleveland browns there's somebody there right there at your ass okay because we haven't (laughs) We haven't been able to block those those uh, special teams rushers very well in the past. Okay, right. <laughs> and and so and you'll look if you look at the replay, he never even looks to see if he's got a clear shot to go ahead and try to punt it anyway. He just takes off. Right. Okay. Him and coach are going to be talking about that, and they're going to be doing some drills and working with him on that shit. I'm sure. Okay, because we don't want to see that again. Because right. that happens for him again, and I think we're we're looking for another punter. But Gillum is good; he's a good guy, and he's got a good foot. And I I think I think right now we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I I I don't think it's worth getting rid of the kicker, and I mm-hmm. I think it's 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 good you see most of like I haven't like talked to other Browns fans here mm-hmm. too much. You know what I mean? To, to know, but it doesn't seem like the vibe is so much to like kill the kicker. No, you know? but so. but but outside of Cleveland, it is okay. Okay, just the right. national media pundits and everything is like, dude, that's all you do is you kick the ball. Now you're supposed to get that shit right. That was fucked right. up, man. No, nah, what up. I will <laughs> say is if the Browns the if the Browns skidded or whatever, and it comes to one game. The not getting them into the playoffs, we'll be looking at that and being like, ah, that kicker. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wait, but I, <laughs> well, but let me say this: if the Browns somehow end up in a position where they're one game short of the playoffs, and they have more than one loss, one of those other losses, not the one to the Chiefs, is going to be the one you're going to point to. Okay, or if we're in that position yeah. at all, or if we're right. in that position, exactly. So, but anyway. So let's let's go ahead and uh, and uh, kind of get on out of here. I'm gonna bring the music back in so we can walk out on some tunes. And uh, so it's TBF, a Browns fans podcast. This week is me and Jeff. Uh, we might get uh, Mog involved, and uh, and who knows? We might we might end up with a a, a visit from Alpha himself sometime this year. 
In the meantime, the in-between time, and until it's that time, what time's that? That time is next week after we play the Houston Texans. You can email me, paul at thisbrownsfan.com, or you can email jeff at thisbrownsfan.com, or hit us all up, thisbrownsfan at thisbrownsfan.com, and uh, tell us what you think about the 2021 Cleveland Browns. Hey, 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 hey. Anything to say on the way out the door, baby? No, I'm I'm good. Next week, I want to. I right. just want to see a win. I want to see a win. Yes, you. Me too. In the meantime, the in between time, and until it's that time, see ya. See ya. This has been a Basement Tapes production. <laughs>